This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. I'm Robert Evans, uh, hosting your show today, and with me is my friend Ify. Hey, hey, how's it going? Doing great. Ify is a comedian, actor, podcaster. Uh, you want to talk about some of the stuff you're up to right now? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can listen to me Tuesdays on this very network, uh, Nerdificent, Mondays, Candy Dinner with Matt and Ify, talking spicy, and, you know, just... Every night, pretty much, not every night, but you, you can see me at comedy clubs doing stand-ups. Well, we are today talking about a very famous nerd uh, who is not famous for being a nerd, but is famous for uh, blowing up the World Trade Center Towers. Um, Osama Bin Laden. Uh, yes. Yeah, he is our subject for today. Uh, now, when I, I started working on this podcast, I figured it was going to be like a biographical overview of his weird life, and we we're going to talk about all these things from his past and you know all the all the stuff he got up to as a as a young man and a kid. Uh, and then I spent an entire week looking through the archives that the CIA posted of everything that was on his hard drives. And so now this podcast is going to be mostly about that because uh, it is no matter what you've read about it, it's so much fucking crazier oh, wow. than what you would guess. Um, but first, we are going to start with a little bit of an overview of the man, the myth, the big and tall gentleman himself, Osama ibn Mohammed ibn Awad ibn Laden. Uh, he was born on March 10th, 1957, to Mohammed bin Laden's 10th wife, Alia Gammon. And as you might guess, Mohammed bin Laden was rich as shit. Uh, he was like a self-made man, rags to riches sort of thing. Started off as a day laborer, built a billion-dollar construction empire, uh, then fucked and married God knows how many women. Um... In the Looming Tower, Lawrence Wright describes Mohammed bin Laden's household as being run like a corporation. Each wife would manage her children and then report to him about how they were doing so he didn't have to do any parenting. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet deal. Um, here's a great quote. Uh, the children rarely saw the great man who was often away on business. Whenever he returned, he would call them into his office and gaze upon his vast brood. During the Islamic feasting days, he would kiss them and give each child a gold coin. Otherwise, he rarely spoke to them. Osama once said, quote, I remember reciting a poem to him and he gave me 100 rials, which was a huge amount of money in those days. So that was like Osama's dad. Wow. Yeah, is like once a week he would call them all in and give them coins. And I know, there's, yeah. there's like an alternate universe where that money he got from that poem made Osama bin Laden become this great poet. He's looked at differently in Universe 626, uh, where I'm not a stand-up comedian, I'm a computer programmer. Uh, Rich off of Bitcoin. I thought you were going to say that you did 9-11 in this alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> Osama bin Laden is hosting podcasts in I think that's in universe uh, 726 uh, <laughs> where I do it. 
Um, so yeah, uh, you you could describe Bin Laden's relationship to his father as distant. Uh, it's possible he only actually saw him a couple of times. Um, oh. So yeah. Um, Muhammad divorced his wife shortly after Osama was born. Um, this isn't a sign that he grew up in a fractured home because Muhammad bin Laden's thing was like marrying and divorcing a ton of women. But then he'd help them pick new husbands. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Which is weird because like Osama wound up with his new dad being his real bio dad's uh, employee. Wow. Which is like a strange situation yeah. for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he never really knew his dad very well. He was raised by his mom and like the rest of us television. Yeah. Um, his favorite show was Bonanza. Um, his favorite genre was American Westerns, um, which actually puts him in the same boat as Stalin and Hitler, who were both obsessed with American Westerns. Wow. Um, it's almost like, uh, there's something with Westerns, like that ideology. And, yeah. And it makes sense that Clint Eastwood is a piece of shit, you know, <laughs> like that. It all comes full circle. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, just both big dicks. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, I guess, of course, a bunch of monsters and dictators would love a genre where, like, the basic premise is, like, unstoppable killing machine with a gun rides yeah. into town and murders everyone who annoys him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 That's the story of the Old West. Um, although another one of his favorite shows was a Western called Fury, which was about a young orphan who befriends a black horse that helps him heal the wounds of his past. Wow. Um, and Osama bin Laden loved horses was obsessed with horses. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, it's worth noting that for the last few years of his life, bin Laden wore a cowboy hat every time he went outside. Um, apparently, he thought this would hide his identity from U.S. drones and satellites. I think he was just like, yeah, I want to be like the man with no name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Which is, that's a cool move if you're the most wanted man in the world. Oh, yeah. Donning a, a black cowboy, cowboy hat. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I, I support bin Laden in that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Bin Laden was a weird, quiet kid. He had trouble making friends and focusing on sports. He always seemed to have his head in the clouds. He didn't really find his crew until high school when he joined up with the semi-clandestine Muslim Brotherhood. One fellow member said only nerds were in it. Um, it it's kind of like an alt-right 4chan sort of thing where yeah. like there, there's these weird conservative corners of like the nerdy internet where like people are just being turned into fascists and whatnot. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this was that equivalent of that. Wow. Like there are all these like nerds who think that like this hardline interpretation of Islam should rule the world and oh, like yeah. they, they don't really get along with every, anyone else. Yeah. So this is like an old trend in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It seems yeah. Uh, very, very cyclical. Yeah. Um, he was stubborn. Uh, like I said, he was, uh, obsessed with horses, but he was also excited by danger. There's a quote from his friend Khalifa who said, uh, and this is again from the looming tower. We were riding horses in the desert and we were going very fast. I saw fine sand in front of us and I told Osama, this is dangerous, better stay away. He said no. And he continued. His horse turned over and fell down. He got up laughing. Another time we were riding in a Jeep. Whenever he saw a hill, he would drive very fast and go over it, even though we didn't know it was on the other side. Really, he put us in danger many times. Which is like, I like that. I mean, that that makes me connect to Osama a little bit because yeah, I, like, I like he was a fan of the fun. Yeah, like he, you know, all this stuff aside, he had a he had a soft heart for hitting nice jumps off of dunes. Yeah, it was just getting that like it's not really fun if you can't die. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I I identify with that a little. Um, so yeah, uh, Osama married for the first time in '74 when he was 17 years old. His wife was 14. Uh, which, yeah, yeah. Um, marriage and his wartime experiences in Afghanistan didn't seem to change his fundamental nature as a gawky nerd. One person who met him as a young man in Afghanistan uh, said that shaking hands with him was like shaking hands with a girl, which is a misogynistic way of saying he was not very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, he was known to cover his mouth with his hand while laughing, which is kind of adorable. Um, his love of horses matured into an outright obsession. One man who met him in 1985 described their first conversation. We were in a prayer hall in a guest house. People asked him to talk, so he talked about horses. He said, if you love a horse, he will respond to you. That's what was in his mind, horses. So just a horse-loving dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of debate over how bin Laden got radicalized and pushed into an ever more direct confrontation with the U.S. The Looming Tower, which is being turned into a TV show right now, makes the case that 
Zawahiri, the Egyptian co-leader of al-Qaeda, kind of radicalized him into attacking America. Another book I read for this, just titled Osama bin Laden by Michael Shearer, um, assures us that that's bullshit. It's a line the Saudis pushed to diminish the culpability of their native son. Bin Laden would have wound up swinging hard for Uncle Sam without Zawahiri's help. Either way. It seems like both of these are just saying not of the U.S.'s destabilization of the Middle East has nothing at all to do with it. It's definitely these other people, right? Yeah, it was something other than him just being pissed off at the U.S. sticking their dick everywhere. And Russia sticking their dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those things as like a kid. I remember growing up, I was like, why did 9-11 happen, Mom? I was like, well, they were angry at us for letting women be free and you know, having alcohol. It's like, no, we keep bombing them. They're pissed yeah, at yeah. that. Just, uh, just whenever we want. Like, this, this is going to be a small tangent. We'll bring it back. But it could have been any country that is screwed over by our just tug of war yeah. with the other superpowers in the world. It, all it took was just someone with the gumption and mm-hmm. just enough anger, and you have yourself an Osama bin Laden. Yeah, and that's like, there, and there was probably a thousand other people who had the same anger and similar plans and just not the means. One yeah. of them happened to be a rich kid who was like, you know, had established himself as a, as a jihadi leader. But yeah. Um, and he, like, it, it is, if you look at sort of the evolution of terrorism, like Osama fits right in. Like in 72, when he was in middle school, members of the Palestinian terror group Black September kidnapped a bunch of Israeli athletes at the Olympics. It was the biggest story in the world. People stopped caring and just watching this terrorist thing. So it was like, it was like a lesson as a young man that like, oh, media is the biggest thing about committing terrorism. Like that's what's important. It doesn't matter how many people you kill. It matters where you kill them and whether or not like it gets traction on the yeah. international news um and you know obviously uh bin laden was good at getting traction in the international news by the end um and uh he established a press office in the early 90s and he sent out constant streams of messages and declarations in his pre-9-11 years the problem was nobody read them uh some of this was down to the fact that he sucked at writing titles one article he sent out in 1996 was quote message to his muslim brothers in the whole world and especially in the arabian peninsula which is not clickable yeah. 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 Well, Nobody's going to tweet that shit. Yeah. At all. Like, not even a, you won't believe what happens next. Yeah. You won't believe what I have to say to Muslim brothers in the whole world and especially in the Arabian Peninsula. Boom. Yeah. That's a click there, for me. There you go. That's a click yeah. for me. All right. Well, we'll pitch that to BuzzFeed. <laughs> um, in 1997, bin Laden moved to Afghanistan. Uh, he and his colleagues were free here to like set up training camps and practice openly with weaponry. For a while, it was a pretty cool time. In Prophets and Princes, Mark Weston describes it. The machine guns his followers used were mostly Russian and Chinese AK-47s, but also included Israeli Uzis and American M16s. The militants learned how to use dynamite, hand grenades, mortars, shoulder-fired rockets, C3, and 4 explosives. Some nights they watched Hollywood action movies, partly to relax, but also to gain tips. Wow. <laughs> that actually sounds like a pretty sweet life, like blowing yeah. stuff up in the desert all day and watching action movies at night, like... I know. I love I that they use it for tips because I'm sure those tips weren't that great. Mm-hmm. Like a lot the... of terrorists holding guns sideways. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, that, that. I used to imagine them watching True Lies and like <laughs> being so on board for that. Oh terrorist. yeah, They're like, oh yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to get us a Harrier jet. Yeah, you know, watching Die Hard. Die Hard did 9/11. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Um, yeah, Bin Laden was a computer guy. He always had a computer with him. Because he was a hipster, he used an old MacBook, um, which he powered using an ancient gas generator that no one else was allowed to use. Um, if you grew up in the immediate post-9-11 period, you might remember, like, those old diagrams of his fortress in Afghanistan, where it would show, like, he has all these different chambers and munitions rooms and hydroelectric generators. That was all lies. Um, (laughs) he had a mountain fortress, but it, like, wasn't a G.I. Joe yeah. Set. It was just like a bunch of caves with a <laughs> shitty generator and a power book. Oh, man. That's um, so fun. Yeah. He spent 9 11 in a cave, barely able to get a radio signal to hear about the attacks. Um, but when he fled Afghanistan, he brought a media truck with him that had been upgraded with satellite TV receivers and radio antenna so he could monitor the news about himself as it happened. That was always a priority of him. He wanted to know what people were saying about him and about the stuff that he was doing. Um, so post 9-11, Bin Laden is officially famous, but he still frets over his inability to connect with more people on an intellectual level. Folks paid attention to his murders, but not his ideas, uh, which is a problem all the great artists have. Yeah. Um, when Al-Qaeda Courier, interviewed by The Guardian in Pakistan, stated, Every time I took a new tape, he told me how important my mission was and how this time the Muslims of the world would finally listen and how I must absolutely deliver the tape to the right people. 
which if you've seen any of those videos, it's just Bin Laden talking to a camera for hours. Yeah. Like there's none of the Flash, the ISIS videos. Oh, yeah. Where they've got like Dutch angles. Oh, and that, like, yeah. See, that's where it's the next step. The evolution. Mm-hmm. They're like, see, the reason it didn't catch fire is he never took a course in After Effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have anybody who could do like speed ramping and stuff yeah. to like make it look cool. Hey, you got to put yeah. that Ally McBeal baby in it. And that, that'll get people <laughs> listening, you know? <laughs> Um, viewed one way, it looks like Osama kind of fell into the trap a lot of celebrities wind up in where they sort of obsess over their media image and flip out every time they're misquoted or misinterpreted. Um, Osama strikes me as someone who, if he was on Twitter, would be like James Woods. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just like furious anytime somebody argues with him. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously he went on the run when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan. He spent like, spent like five years in constant movement, uh, successfully fleeing from the most powerful war and surveillance apparatus ever conceived. Then he moved to a compound in the suburb of Abbottabad, Pakistan in January of 2006. Um, you don't stay hidden for five years in the compound from the United States by staying connected to the internet, obviously. So his compound didn't even have a phone line. Um, but he still had access to the internet, and it was like the courier version of dial-up internet. So he would type out emails to people in like a, a Word document, yeah. and he would save them onto a thumb drive and then have a courier drive out to like an internet cafe in another country or just miles and miles and miles away. Then the courier would send those emails, wait for responses, download them back to a thumb drive, and then drive back to Bin Laden. Um, but he didn't just do that with emails. He also like would download other things for Bin Laden too. Um oh yeah. It's good spicy. Yeah. So, you know, you're sitting in a compound that has no phone connection, no television, no internet for five years. You're gonna get bored. You're gonna ask people to download some stuff for you to watch. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what Bin Laden did. An Associated Press report on this man-powered internet connection noted that the courier took other data back, which included, you know, everything you can imagine, even pornography oh okay do we have the type do we have any info on the type well so that's a bit there there has been a bit of a a battle uh over releasing what type of porn was on osama bin laden's hard drive because my guess is uh simpsons cartoon porn it's it's weird how close you are Um, here's how Reuters reported on it, uh, when sort of the story first broke. Quote, the pornography recovered in Bin Laden's compound in Abbottabad, Pakistan, consists of modern electronically recorded video and is fairly extensive. The officials said they were not yet sure precisely where in the compound the pornography was discovered or who had been viewing it. Specifically, these officials said they did not know if Bin Laden himself had acquired or viewed the materials. So... It's it's a mystery. We know that the non-pornographic videos and movies that he had were about 160 gigs worth. So if they're saying that he had an extensive porn collection, we can assume that the quantity of porn was substantial in the tens to hundreds of gigabits oh, yeah. range. Uh, his porn was apparently kept in a wooden box. <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. And it was I shouldn't say his porn because we can't say for certainty who the porn belonged to. And when I first heard that, I was like, okay, so he's probably living in a house with like a fucking hundred bodyguards or something. Yeah. Like there's probably like a fucking company of guys there and yeah. who knows who it is. But no, no, no. There were three other men in the house with him. His 23-year-old son Oof. and his two uh, couriers who were both in their 30s. So that's a minimum 25% chance that the porn is Bin Laden's porn. I'm going to knock it up to 50% because I feel like the couriers, they have access to the internet cafe. They can go... They can, go, out, they can go masturbate away from the compound. Yeah, yeah, they, don't, they, they can use that time. You know, you mm-hmm. go to an internet cafe 24-hour one about 3 a.m., it's partially empty. The guy in the front, <laughs> he's like falling asleep. These couriers just make sure they have loose-fitting pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do what they do. So it's, it's either his son or him. Maybe both. Yeah, uh, so that's – we're going to go back and forth on this because I've got more <laughs> details to reveal. I've spent probably a good two days just trying to figure out – who did the porn? And maybe it's everybody's. Maybe yeah. like they maybe they had like a fucking like a note on the fridge that yeah. was like just write down, okay, you want, you know, uh ladies spanking each other like yeah. part nine and uh you want some of that bukkake stuff yeah. and yeah, you want you want the Mickey Mouse porn? Okay, well we'll get some of the Mickey Mouse porn on there. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that you know, prison rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that 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 might make sense too. Um obviously the CIA knows the answer to the question because they know where the hard drives were found. Yeah. So like if the porn was in Osama his bedroom then we know what it is it was in one of his courier's bedroom then maybe it's a courier it was in his son's bedroom but they're not telling anyone um they seem to have a weird dedication to hiding the truth whatever it is about osama's porn 
Uh, we didn't even know for sure it existed until May of 2015 when the office of James Clapper, director of national intelligence, confirmed that, quote, some pornographic material had been recovered during the raid that killed bin Laden. Um, Clapper spokesman noted, we are not going to release these materials due to the nature of their contents. Um, so, in 2015, noted journalistic paragon Bro Bible filed a freedom of information request with the CIA. Wow. Bro Bible. <laughs> Bro Bible, doing hard-hitting journalism. Yeah. Here is a quote from their request. We are adults. We can handle it. We would like to know what kind of porn the world's most wanted man jerked it to. Does being under the constant threat of capture require extra stimulation? I imagine it would be hard for him to focus on his dick, so I figure he had to watch some really nasty shit. Um, so It was so funny because I was half expecting maybe Bro Bible, they're like, this is an official mm-hmm. request from the government that, you know, they're going to they're gonna have a little bit of professionalism. Nope, they went nope. the, the full Bro Bible. <laughs> they, they are consistently Bro Bible. <laughs> you got to say that for them. Um, they for, have a brand to protect. Because yeah. what if the CIA released that request and they're like, oh, we don't look bro. We don't look, that's not bro enough. Oh my gosh. Uh, shockingly, the CIA did not respond positively to this professionally worded information request. Uh, they refused to send over bin Laden's pornography, saying, quote, With regard to the pornographic material Osama bin Laden had in his possession at the time of his death, responsive records, should they exist, would be contained in the operational files. And the CIA is not required to disclose operational files uh, during FOIA requests. Uh, and operational files include files that either talk about how foreign intelligence or counterintelligence programs work. So basically, if it'll give away something we do in intelligence, they don't have to reveal it. Or if it'll give away a foreign government or a terrorist group's scheme that we don't, the CIA doesn't want them to know they've caught on to, they don't have to release it. Which brings me to my first conspiracy theory of Ooh. the day. Uh, and that is the theory that Al-Qaeda's leadership was using coded pornographic videos to communicate with each other and disseminate information around the world. Here is a quote from an MSNBC article at the time. U.S. officials had pursued a probe into whether al-Qaeda was using special software that would allow the email transition of porn photos implanted with hidden messages that could be deciphered by recipients with the right code. We thought this was the way that messages were being transmitted, said one official. It sounds crazy, but if true, it actually makes a lot of sense. Jihadis are sort of notorious for having huge amounts of porn on their laptops. Michael Flynn... Uh, the uh, totally not disgraced uh, yeah. national security advisor said that some of the laptops they recovered from these guys were up to 80% porn. And while this sounds like a nutty theory, in 2012, police in Berlin arrested a 22-year-old Austrian with a digital storage device and memory cards hidden in his underpants. Which, let's not, if, you're, if you're smuggling Al-Qaeda porn into another country, don't put it in your underpants. Like, nobody's going to see, like, a laptop and a, a thumb drive and yeah. think that's suspicious. But if they find it in your underwear... Oh, like, it's immediately suspicious. Like, that's the worst way to do that. The first law of being a cop is that anything in someone's underwear is illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we're about to break so we can sing a song for Lady Capitalism. And uh, then when we get back, uh, we're going to talk about what the German police found in that young man's underpants drives. Uh, and then we're going to get into exactly what... Osama bin Laden was watching, playing, and maybe fiddling his diddle to uh, while he was hiding in a Bodabad. But first, uh, some capitalism from me. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We've all got a lot going on right now, especially this year. A lot of stress, different stresses, big things, small things, medium things, family things, friend things, loved one things, just, you know, things. And when we keep those things bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a good way to get those things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy's helped me learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. 
And therapy can empower you to be, you know, a better or at least happier version of yourself. It's not just for people who have experienced trauma or who are dealing with something immediate and serious. It can just be a way to kind of perform maintenance on your own person. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash behind today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash behind. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And we are back. We are back and we are talking about Al-Qaeda's plan to hide operational messages in pornography and the 22-year-old arrested in Berlin with a digital storage device hidden in his underwear. Uh, so the authorities find this stuff in his underwear and decide to look into it. Uh, they find a bunch of stuff, including a password-protected folder that includes a bunch of porn. One of those porn videos was titled Kick Ass, and hidden inside the porn video, they found another file called Sexy Tanya. And this file, when opened, included more than 100 unencrypted Al-Qaeda documents detailing everything from operational procedures to plans for future attacks. Um, so it was like they were basically because videos are so big, you can actually like hide a folder of text documents inside of it without it being super obvious. And so yeah. that's what they were actually doing. Wow. Um, so it's possible that some of the porn stash in Abbottabad was meant for clandestine communication. Um, but it also sounds like there's way too much of it for that to be the only reason. And more to the point, it's not quite true to say that we don't know anything about the kind of porn that in the Bin Laden compound. Some of it managed to slip through the CIA's wall Ooh. of silence. On November 1st, 2017, the CIA released 470,000 of the files that were found during the raid that killed Bin Laden. These files represent the collective mass of 100 thumb drives and 10 external hard drives. The CIA's list cut out most of the porn, but they didn't get all of it. Included in the collection that you can find right now on the CIA's website were two very old, very smutty video games, Perestroika Girls and Fantasy 95. I think you would classify them both as weird old Japanese porn games. They weren't the kind of complex, weird Japanese porn video games where you play as the principal of like a vampire high school and you have to fuck all of your children before the full moon or whatever. Um, the basic premise of both games is that you hover around a map avoiding gagus while you gradually uncover crudely illustrated drawings and pictures of nude and semi-nude women. Um, presumably most players masturbate once they've uncovered the whole image. I, I feel like I just have to show you these because yeah, oh yeah. You, you won't understand how bizarre they are. I mean, I'm interested to see the kind he has, but I'm very, very familiar with hentai dating sex. <laughs> yeah. These are not that complicated. These look like from 94 <laughs> and 95. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why don't you oh, describe like what a, you're seeing here? Well, yeah, it's like an Oni head in the middle, and it seems like they're making squares. They're, they're making moves. They're making good moves. Uncovering a... 
like, the best way to describe this would be, you know, like, when people try and make a full 2D picture, but with 8-bit technology? Yeah. Oh, and she's just scantily clad. She's yeah. not even nude. This one's not nude. Oh, wow. So, both of those games are like that, and some of them are nude. I'm showing you a picture here that's yeah. like the uncovered picture <laughs> there, and you can see her breasts. Uh, so, it's some of them are nudes. It's yeah. clearly like the kind of porn video game that you would play in 1994 because yeah. nothing better exists. Or, you know, like those uh, those playing cards that are, you know, veterans would jerk off to. Yeah. Like, it's similar yeah. to that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I And I have a theory. I think that these smutty video games from the mid-90s actually hold the secret of who all of the porn in the porn stash belong to. So we know that the porn exists. We just don't know if it was Bin Laden's or, or you know, his kids or his uh, couriers. Um, I think that these games are proof that the porn might have belonged to Bin Laden because Perestroika Girls and Fantasy 95 were both made in like 94 and 95 respectively. Bin Laden would have been a mature adult when they both came out with the potential to have access to the internet and with the ability to have access to computers and video games. His son would have only been six or seven years old at the time. And I'm going to guess if his son had porn video games, he would have had like Leisure, leisure Shoot Larry. Larry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something a little bit yeah. more advanced. Um, these are deep cuts for smut games. These yeah. aren't like these aren't anybody's first pick. So oh, I yeah. have to think there's something he came across when he was a young man and was like, never Bring got it back. over. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like that one vid that you saw when you were in your teens, and you're like, let me let me see that again. Mm -hmm. Let's revisit that. Yeah, I think this is that for Bin Laden. Yeah. The other possibility is that it was one of his couriers. They were 30 and 33 respectively at the time of the raid, so they could have been 14 or 17. The youngest of them, who would have been 14 when these games came out, uh, Abu Ahmad al-Kuwaiti, gave computer training to other jihadis, so he was computer savvy. Yeah. Um, so this might have been his, but it's pretty much down to either him or OBL. And considering he was an Afghan kid who grew up speaking Pashto and moved to Kuwait as a younger person, uh, I'm going to guess he didn't have a lot of money at age 14 and wasn't playing on the computer. Oh, yeah. We'll never know for sure, uh, but we do have some pictures of Bin Laden at the time, and he looks like a man who spent his golden years weekly jerking off to pixelated breasts. I mean... Oh, yeah. Like, he, he has the <laughs> that nerd poncho, which is your... your, your comforter yeah. over your body and a beanie on. That is a sad old man's masturbation case. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like these pictures are all available from the uh on the CIA, but we will also be hosting all of these pictures uh and links to where you can find the CIA's files on behindthebastards.com so you can watch Bin Laden's weird porn obsession uh, along <laughs> with us. Um we're going to move on from porn for now though, although there's a little bit more of that coming later. Um, I've spent a truly terrifying amount of time coming through the files the CIA did release, and the stuff that's there is actually more baffling than his mythical porn stash could ever hope to be. First off, I'd like to read a selection of the copyrighted works the CIA found. Ants. With the Z, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, uh, the Woody Allen Bugs Life ripoff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Just blatant ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that he would have. Been a, I, I'm surprised we didn't find B-Movie on there. Although oh, yeah. it might have been after he was killed. Um, but he had Batman Gotham Knight. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, BBC's Great Wildlife Moments, which oh. I guess everybody likes a wildlife documentary. It also means yeah. possible stoner. Also possible stoner. Uh, biography, Osama Bin Laden. So he was watching documentaries about himself. Man. Cars. <laughs> so no Bugs Life, but he went with cars. But he okay. went with cars. No, Bugs Life is the symbol of the decadent American regime or something. Yeah. Maybe Ants is more his ideological yeah, side. I, that, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a medium post for someone listening. Yeah, because Ants is about overthrowing uh, like military technocracy sort yeah. of dictatorship forming in a... Yeah, so I can see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chicken Little. Um, CNN Presents World's Most Wanted, which also focused on Bin Laden. Final Fantasy VII. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, Something me and Bin Laden have in common. Yeah. Okay. Heroes of Tomorrow, which I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, Home on the Range. Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> Man, these choices. <laughs> these choices. In the Footsteps of Bin Laden, a CNN documentary. National Geographic, Kung Fu Killers. Ooh. National Geographic, Inside the Green Berets. Okay. National Geographic, Predators at War, which makes sense because yeah. they're... they're trying to kill you with drones you probably want to watch a doc on yeah <laughs> uh and then national geographic world's worst venom which 
between that and the Kung Fu Killers, I feel like he was planning another attack. Yeah. With like Kung Fu fighters and bees oh, with yeah, rattlesnake he was, venom. He was going to send yeah. down ninjas with uh, venom tipped shurikens, and he was going to. That's how he was going to take us out. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we stopped him. Thank God. Uh, a documentary on Peru, the movie Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me feel a little bit sorry for him if yeah. that was one of the things he had to watch. Man. Um, the Three Musketeers, and of course, the Morgan Spurlock documentary, Where in the World is Osama bin Laden? Oh. Um, wow. So, yeah. Like, are they on to me? <laughs> I know that it was just pure narcissism. Yeah. Like, you start to get cocky after they don't catch you for seven or I eight know. years. Like, look, look, look at them. They're searching look at these in all dumb the wrong asses. places. I'm just here masturbating the old yeah. 90s <laughs> games. <laughs> Yeah. Um, once the CIA released everything, nerds on Twitter set to work trying to discover if Bin Laden shared any fandoms with them. They found a distinct preference for anime, uh, <laughs> including Naruto Shippuden Psycho Ninja Daikashu 5, which oh, wow. I'm guessing is a Naruto thing. Uh, I know Naruto Shippuden. I don't yeah. know that second yeah. part. I don't know what the rest of it is, but they were like Arabic dubs of oh, anime. Oh, wow. Which, again, might have been Bin Laden's. It might have been one of his nerdy couriers. Yeah. Uh, might have been his kid. No way for us to know exactly. Um, They found more ROMs of video games, including a save file from Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. Oh, shoot. (laughs) That was the jam. That was the jam right there. Yeah. uh, So he had, like, emulators and stuff, and it was a bad dump file, so it wasn't a good emulator. Like, So whoever was downloading this stuff wasn't great at it. Um, Now, anyway, you may all not know this, but I am actually a professional journalist, and so when I saw the CIA's dump file, I immediately started investigating, too. The first search term I entered was the word ass. Uh, I found one file titled ass2.wma, but further research indicated this was just a weirdly named file for a jihadi <laughs> video. Uh, there was an ass with three s's.jpg, but it wasn't as exciting as I'd hoped. It was like an Arabic image macro joke with like a cell phone. Um, so, so far I was kind of disappointed, but then I searched for butt and I descended into a yarn wrapped hole of madness. Wow. Uh, but did not turn up any pornography, but it did bring up a file called The Art of Crochet by Teresa. Radiant Crochet Butterfly. Wow. Which is where the butt came from. This has turned out to be one of dozens of crochet videos found on Osama bin Laden's hard drive. As far as I can tell, many of these videos are by Teresa Warrior, a semi-popular crochet expert who puts up regular videos on YouTube to this day. <laughs> Most of her videos get sixty to 200,000 views, so she's moderately popular. Oh, yeah. Um, this has led to one of my favorite bin Laden-related happenings. Random commenters descended on Teresa's videos to let her know Osama bin Laden was a fan because the CIA released all this stuff last yeah. November. So like as soon as it happened, people are like telling this lady what happened. And if you go through your archive, her archive of like all of her videos, you'll find a bunch of commenters being like, congrats on being on bin Laden's hard drive and yeah. stuff. And I, I found the YouTube comment thread where she first learns about this. And it's utterly bizarre. So I'm just, I'm going to read this oh, comment yeah. thread. Chris Wilson is the commenter. Hi, Teresa. Thought you would like to know that the file for this video appears within the CIA's published directory of Osama bin Laden's computer files. Have a nice day. It's <laughs> a weird People way to drop that man. info. <laughs> oh, man. Teresa responded. Thanks, Chris. Exclamation point, exclamation point. That is pretty cool that Osama bin Laden, his wives and children, like to watch my YouTube channel. I wish the bin La- Osama bin Laden's family well and hope they are still crocheting. Oh no, she doesn't know who Osama <laughs> bin Laden is. Do you think they will talk about this on any TV or the news programs? Oh uh, no, Teresa. <laughs> Teresa, get out of there. <laughs> Teresa. It's like, no, we, we killed a lot of, we killed a son. Like, yeah. <laughs> his wives are oh, probably not doing great either hope, right now. <laughs> I hope the next reply is like, yeah, they actually captured it on this uh, movie called Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, well, Chris responded, <laughs> only time can tell, and I'm sure they are still at it. <laughs> sure they're still crocheting. <laughs> Perhaps a video dedicated to him will get their attention. I'm oh. sure countless subscribers of yours would love to learn how to crochet Osama's likeness, too. Oh, no. Teresa responds, You mean like I did the Barack Obama crochet, so you think they would like to crochet Osama Bin Laden? No, Teresa. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Teresa, what are you doing? (laughs) Teresa, you're in too deep. (laughs) The internet's wonderful. Yeah, bring bring your head up for air, (laughs) Teresa. So, um... 
a lot of the videos and PDFs and JPEGs on the, the dump files are what you'd expect. There's videos like shelling U.S. Embassy in the Green Zone with two Katusha rockets, videos of convoys being bombed and stuff, uh, U.S. military handbooks, long religious tracks, exactly what you'd expect Osama bin Laden to have on his hard drive. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of weird stuff. There's a documentary called Sex Crimes in the Vatican and the entirety of a 15-part BBC documentary called The History of Britain, mm. which is just an in-depth history of Britain. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a... Here's a... I'm going to put my 14-year-old cap from for all these weird videos. Look, sometimes you, you look at any documentary about sex, you can get some extra jerk material in there. You can get some extra, some sneaky. There was one, oh. uh, I think HBO or Showtime had this like show that was like sex around the world, and it was like all the weird sex stuff around the world, and it was like presented as a comedy, but since it was like late night HBO, it was uncensored, so I was like, Bloop! <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd saved him all the VHS. Oh, so yeah. your your theory is that his sex crimes in the Vatican? Yeah, he was like, well, maybe maybe they might show a little thing, you know, in there. Well, I bet he was disappointed. Yeah, very disappointed. <laughs> um, one of the neat things about the CIA's archive is that all of the stuff that they have on there. Like, you can download for yourself that whole BBC documentary series, because it's all on the CIA's website. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, they've, like, released a bunch of stuff. Like, Ants isn't on there. They just let yeah. you know it was on his hard drive. Oh, this is, they, yeah. did, they didn't put Ants up for they download? They didn't put Ants up for download on the that CIA's was, website. That was what I was going to jump to. was like, wow, I can see Ants <laughs> Through free. the CIA's yeah. website. Uh, I did get really excited um, when I found what I thought might have been hidden porn in the dump file, <laughs> a video titled Zolm Women Menaged underscore video dot RM. I, I, I figured it had to be like a menage a trois yeah, video. Like what else could that? But instead, it was a 30 minute long lecture featuring a guy who looks like Dom DeLuise if he were a Quranic scholar. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dom DeLuise as a Islamic religious expert. Um, anyway. Uh, speaking of false positives, I also came across a YouTube rip file titled Girls Fight, which again, seems oh, like yeah. that might have been porn. Oh, yeah. It turned out to be a 30-second video of two little girls, maybe three years old, actually fighting each other, like uh, pulling hair and shoving and stuff. I think it was like a viral internet video yeah. for some part of the world because they weren't speaking English. Um, it was weird, but probably not porn. Yeah. Um, Bin Laden seemed to have a preference for documentaries in his old age, including a Nova special called Welcome to the 11th Dimension that was about complicated theoretical physics shit. He had another Nova documentary on string theory. Um, So he was nerding out on physics, which is, again, surprising for Bin Laden. Uh, After a few hours of coming through the videos, you start to get the sense that Bin Laden was one of those parents who uses YouTube to help him raise his kids, which is why I'm going to guess he had cars and ants and stuff. He also downloaded YouTube videos that were like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star... (laughs) Uh, English learning videos for kids, that sort of thing. He also downloaded a lot of internet meme videos. My favorite is this bizarre video of a baboon freeing itself from the jaws of a crocodile, um, which I don't know if we need to watch. We might as well give a yeah, shot. Might as well see that. I might as well see what that's talking about. If it were a hand or a foot, gotcha. The I'm out. You idiot. Trying to eat me. not an option here. Did the baboon claw the croc's eye? Oh, yeah. I imagine he, sh- he showed his son the video and was like, see? The croc's People aren't going to have your back, so you got to be able to get out we can't of the jaws of life yourself. You that, that was a lesson. Claw America's eyes out yeah, you with your claw own America's feet eyes out to escape its feet. mouth. Yeah. And you just yank it out. All right. We are going to break again to uh, do some more ads for things that you can buy and right. uh, uh, spend money on and uh, keep this glorious cycle going uh, so that we can make more podcasts and tell you more things to buy. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Tom and Jerry. And more to the point, the weird 1990s, very nerdy card game that somehow intersects with Osama bin Laden and the 9-11 attacks. So, wow. all of that and more after some ads. Boop. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. 
And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Uh, We're back and we're talking about the contents of Osama bin Laden's mini hard drives. Uh, We've gone through a lot of weird stuff so far, but one of the strangest things that I came across uh, while I was uh, spending an entire week browsing Osama bin Laden's media folders was something like 100 episodes of Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry episodes are by far the most common type of video content I found on Osama's hard drives. Um, like, if you just want to have all of Tom and Jerry for yourself, you can download Tom and Jerry from the CIA's so, website. So the CIA has Tom and Jerry. The but CIA they're, but they're, has Tom and Jerry. They're closing the, the grip on the ants. Yeah, they're, they're keeping a tight hold on ants, <laughs> but they're letting Tom and Jerry out to the world. Um, which, I guess, go figure. Um, I kind of assumed at first that the videos were for one of his, like, like his daughter or something. But the more I thought about it, the more it, ma- it made sense to me that Bin Laden would be a fan of cartoons where a wily, cunning, tiny mouse consistently outwits and brutalizes a larger, more powerful cat. Yeah. Um, again, it's kind of like the crocodile thing. Like, I can mm-hmm. imagine him, like, looking at this and being like, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's, I'm Tom. I'm going to fucking hit America with a hammer. And yeah. <laughs> run into a tiny hole. Which is kind of what he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so earlier in the podcast, I mentioned that someone in the Bin Laden compound was an anime fan. Uh, Gizmodo actually did a pretty decent dive into this with an article titled, Someone at Osama Bin Laden's Compound Sure Loved Anime. They found a file with what to me looked like a nonsense name, but just a bunch of numbers and letters, and then msoms-anime. Uh, it was an MP4 file, but it turns out that msoms-anime.net is an Arabic-language anime form in Saudi Arabia. Wow. This form includes a lot of fan translations of various animes, and the only one that this could be was from an episode of the series Detective Conan, also known as Case Closed in the U.S. Yep. Twelve episodes of Detective Conan were included on the drives. And wow. I'm going to quote from the Gizmodo article here. In short, a computer recovered at the last place Osama bin Laden was alive contained at least a dozen non-consecutive episodes of an animated show from Japan in which a boy detective solves crimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that show. It was on Adult Swim. He's, he's actually a man, but a spell was put on him, and he turns into a little boy. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just for context. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get wondering. that wrong. Turned to, turned, he turns into a little boy. Much like what happened to bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> so... These drives also included some more porn, but anime porn, uh, an episode of an um, anime. I'm uh, just going to pause you. Uh, it's called Hentai. 
Okay. It's very hentai. different. Hentai. It's not anime porn, it's hentai. Well, okay. So maybe <laughs> you you'll tell me you tell me if this if this seems like hentai or just like erotic anime. Okay. Like it's called Bible Black. Oh, that's that that is a bit I constantly do, which is oh. it is a very brutal hentai called okay. Bible Black. Yeah, it takes place in a world where there's a lot of witchcraft mm-hmm. in there. And like, there's like lots of weird aspects to this hentai because like, you know, some women, they grow penises. Some, you know, explode. Like people are getting murdered. It's a v- Bible Black is a very popular hentai. It is capital H hentai. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, so you're aware of what this is. Oh, yeah, I've seen Bible Black. Okay, so Two one of... Two things me and Bin Laden have in common. <laughs> is the other one 9-11? Final, Final, Final Fantasy... Oh, okay. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven. Um, Bible Black. So this kind of narrows down... I mean, it doesn't necessarily narrow down the rest of the porn, because I feel like a lot of different people put in requests for... Or like everyone in the compound probably put in some requests, but... This was a translation of an episode of Bible Black. <laughs> he uh, wanted he wanted the he wanted the story interesting. Yeah, he wanted this. Well, wow. it, it was like it was like an Arabic uh, dub of it, or yeah, a translation of it or whatever. Um, and so the anime form they were pulling these from was a Saudi anime form, and okay. the two couriers were both Afghan natives whose native language was Pashto. So I assume they spoke Arabic, but not as native speakers, which makes me think that this hentai had to be either Bin Laden or his sons, both of whom were Saudis and native Arabic speakers. Oh. That's my that's my read here, is that yeah. the hentai is either Bin Laden's or his sons. So that's where we are so far with wow. that mystery. Um, you can lose a lot of hours in the Bin Laden archive, and it is, it's not uncommon to run across videos about like American women and Jewish men converting to Islam right alongside funny cat videos from YouTube. Uh, he seemed to have a thing for funny cat videos, which we all do. Don't we all? Yeah. Um, there's a number of saved game files for Nintendo games like Mario and Luigi, Partners in Time, and Metroid oh, yeah, Prime Hunters. Banger. Yeah. Um, I suspect these were for Bin Laden's son um, because of a quote I found in The Looming Tower where it, he basically points out that when they were hiding out in Afghanistan and bored, he would let his younger sons play Nintendo because it would entertain them. So I'm going to uh, guess the Nintendo games were probably Bin Laden's game. Yeah. Well, um, he goes out back and check out Bible Black. Yeah, Osama Bin Laden's furiously <laughs> pounding yeah, it to witchcraft to, yeah. anime. <laughs> Just intense. Yeah. Um, so there are some really strange things in the video archive, and you could just go through and click them and download all these different random files. Most of them will have names that you can't quite parse out what they're about, um, and it's all very strange. <laughs> One video is just a 30-second clip of a guy walking through a muddy yard. Like it looks like the kind of when you're figuring out your camcorder and yeah. you're like try like it looks like yeah. that sort of video. Um, one is a three minute clip of Ron Paul talking about how the war on terror was a bad idea, <laughs> which is of course. How do you feel about that? Ron of Paul. course, Ron Paul wound up in Osama yeah. bin Laden's archive. Um, there's a discussion with an Islamic cleric about video games. Um, there's a British ad for cyclist safety that asks you to watch how many passes a group of basketball players make. And there's like a moonwalking bear that runs through in the middle. And like if you're focusing on the passes, you don't see the bear. And then it pauses yeah. and says, okay, did you count the passes right? Did you see the bear? Yeah. And it was like it was like a cyclist safety video. But it they downloaded it from a site called abunawaf.com, which seems to be like the Ebaum's world oh, of, of the Arabic yeah. Yeah, parts of the planet. Um, then I found a video of a journalist being beheaded. Uh, and then I found right after that, follow what, what a wild ride you went on. What, like, what a wild ride you're like, okay, we got some Bible back. Oh, this is kind of funny. Oh, oh, dear God. Yeah. Um, and then right after the beheading video, yeah, it was Follow Me, which is a British TV show dedicated to teaching people how to speak English through like lame Monty Python type sketches. <laughs> like, Oh, man. And then I ran into Pigeon Impossible, a six-minute animated movie from 2009 about a secret agent with a nuclear briefcase and a pigeon. I hate that. I'm going to get stoned and watch that later. Yeah, (laughs) you can download it from the CIA's website. Yeah, CIA's going to be just really fueling. If you are too poor for Netflix, the CIA (laughs) has your back right now with a very specific type of content. Oh, man. Um, My favorite thing from the archive, however, is not a video or a save game file or pornography. It's an issue of a newsletter titled Smoking Gun, Proof the Illuminati Planned to Bring Down Our Culture. 
It was written by The Cutting Edge, which is like a hardcore Christian organization. Uh, they have newsletters and a website. They put out books. Their big deal seems to be prepping people for the New World Order, which they've done since the early days of the internet. They're still around today and still claiming the end is nigh, just as they were when Bush was in office. They've written like books about how Harry Potter is trying to like convert kids to witchcraft and stuff. Like they're they're those people. Yeah. And this particular document, which as far as I can tell is the only document of theirs that bin Laden had in his possession, um, is a far-right tract claiming that the end of the world is coming, the Antichrist is about to be born, and usher in a liberal fascist hell state. And the clues to all this, to the Illuminati's plot, were laid down in a card game published by Steve Jackson Games called Illuminati New World Order. No way. As you may know, Steve Jackson Games are the guys who make Munchkin. Uh, They make great games, wonderful company. Uh, In 1990, while working on a cyberpunk game, their offices were raided by the FBI. It had something to do with, it is a a wacky ass story. It had something to do with shit they were writing about hacking for like basically a a, a shadow run D&D style type game. Um, It's a long story, like all of their computers were confiscated by the FBI. They had to like fight the bureau to get their shit back. It almost bankrupted the company. Um, but shortly after all that happened in like 93, they released a card game called Illuminati, which is, have you ever read the Illuminatus trilogy? No. It's by a guy named Robert Anton Wilson, another guy named Robert Shea, who are like both editors at Playboy. And it's, it's a silly book, a gigantic silly book about like, what if all of the conspiracy theories in history were simultaneously true, even the ones that conflict each other? So it's like that kind of wackiness. And the card game is based in that. So you take... Uh, control of a conspiracy like the followers of Cthulhu or the bankers of Zurich or like one of these global conspiracies and everyone picks a different conspiracy and you fight it out with cards like George Bush, the CIA, uh, the Pulitzer Prize, like all of these different like things that, yeah, so you're basically building a conspiracy. They've got like cards that are mind control lasers and stuff. Uh, the game has a really light tone. There's a Hillary Clinton card, and it, she's holding, like, a rope, and it's attached to, if you pull up the Bill Clinton card, it's attached to a leash around his neck. So it's, yeah. like, very tongue-in-cheek, very silly game. Yeah. Um, the argument in the tract is that Steve Jackson stumbled upon the truth about the Illuminati and hid all of the secrets about them in this ridiculous no card game. Uh, he hid info on things like weather control satellites, like making them his cards. Um, like it's, it's, it's stuff like this. Well, they'll be looking at like a card that says weather control satellites and it'll be like the card will state like you can use this on any land you control. And, and then like the, the tract will be like, see, this is proof that the Illuminati has the ability to control the weather in all of the parts of the world that they dominate. And like, oh, that's, it's, oh my goodness. It's completely bug fuck nuts. Uh, I, I can't imagine why Bin Laden would have a far-right Christian tract about this really weird card game in his reading folder. Um, I think my only guess is uh, the Illuminati is real. Well, so that does seem a little bit plausible when you go far enough down the the rabbit hole of studying these cards because the addition of the game I have, because I've played this game since I was a little kid, came out in 1995. One of the cards in that game is a card called Terrorist Nuke, and why don't you take a look at the illustration on the Terrorist Nuke card released in 1995. What <laughs> the fuck? No you way. You describe that card to me? The Terrorist Nuke card that was the- designed in 1995 has two towers, and one of them being hit and even though it's supposed to be a nuke it's not a nuclear explosion it looks as if it was hit by a plane yeah and it's the tower that got hit first in reality and it's exploding right in the place where the tower got hit yo that's (laughs) so weird and osama bin laden was reading conspiracy theories about this card game in the last years of his life wow (laughs) wow well, damn. Yeah. The so Illuminati's real. We this figured will it out. Be our last podcast before we are taken out by the CIA. Yeah. Um, so yeah. sorry. It was nice knowing all of you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry we brought you in for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. We're going down. We're, we're all going down. Uh, all the pictures, including pictures of the terrorist nuke card, will be available on uh, behindthebastards.com. So you guys will be able to uh, check out all of this craziness. Um, we want you to see it too. It is, it is truly bizarre yeah. and inexplicable. 
Um, that is it for today's episode of Behind the Bastards. I have been Robert Evans. Uh, you can find me on the internet at uh, I Write OK on Twitter. Um, OK is two letters. You can also find my book, A Brief History of Vice, on Amazon. Uh, Ify, you want to plug your stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm Ify Wadiwe on Twitter and Instagram, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E. Uh, you can get my album. It's uh, on anywhere you can buy comedy albums. It's the Community College Dropout. You can listen to Nerdificent uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast every Tuesday uh, with How Stuff Works, Candy Dinner every Monday. It's It's a fun time. And you can follow uh, Behind the Bastards if you want to find us on social media. We're at at BastardsPod. Uh, you can find us again online at BehindTheBastards.com, and we will have all of these wacky images and videos uh, up there. So check us out. Uh, this podcast drops every Tuesday, so we'll be back next week with another crazy story about someone just as terrible as Osama bin Laden, maybe even worse. I'm Robert Evans, my buddy Ify, and we are out for the week. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.